Welcome to About Your Mother. This is your host, Jennifer Griffith. On this Mother's Day, I want to celebrate not only my guests, but also the lessons I've learned having my show for almost two years. In my dozens of interviews with guests and casual conversations with people, I have learned that our mothers are the beginning of our identity. Who we are is inherently linked to the woman who carried us, directly and indirectly. The decisions they made in their lives shape our early existence, which determines who we become. If we're lucky, our mother's hands are the first hands to hold us, their eyes the first we gaze upon. A mother's love is a love that knows no limits, again, if we are lucky. If we are fortunate to have a mother who is balanced and in control of their mind, heart, and life, we have the chance to not only survive, but thrive. If our mothers are broken, there is a chance they will break us to prove their brokenness. Children are strong and have endless resilience even in the most troublesome environments. They can thrive. The reality is we were never that far away from where we began, yet we get up every day with the best intentions and always strive to do right by our children. Life gives us the opportunity to rise above our circumstances. Every person I've interviewed has found a way to go beyond the experiences of their childhood and create a beautiful life. Peter Mutabazi, in particular, was on the streets of Uganda as a young boy, but the kindness of a stranger changed the course of his life. He now changes the course of other children's lives. For the very first time, I had been seen as a human being. I had been seen as someone who had a potential. You know, the rest of the world saw me. I was, you know, I would never amount to anything. I was garbage. I was useless. But for him at my lowest, that he saw the potential in me, that he didn't see the dirty thief boy, but he saw a little boy that had an uh, opportunity to be someone. And he said, I will offer that. I will be there for for him. And that's what changed for me. It wasn't the school I was going to, but for the first time, uh, that someone saw me as a human being. Uh, and that's how it changed my life. What if the role of mother was stolen from the woman who gave birth? This was a reality in the decades before Roe. My series on this era is not a commentary on abortion, but reporting on a terrifying reality for single women who, by societal and systematic pressure, were forced to surrender their babies. So I understood, you know, what my mother had been through. And so I really did believe that she wouldn't want this skeleton in her closet to reappear and show up on her doorstep. And as I'm talking to this woman, and she's telling me a completely different perspective, and I realize as I'm standing there, but here I am, a 40-year-old adoptee who thinks they're well-informed and is very well-informed about women's history and, you know, well-read about all those things, never heard anything about this. And I realized that I, I was completely wrong and that, you know, I had never considered that losing a child through adoption was any different than losing a child in any other way. That it's a loss. It's an enormous loss. And people talk about losing a child is the worst thing that can ever happen to you. But they never talk about that in relation to a mother who surrenders a child for adoption. Somehow they think, well, she wanted to give, in quotes, give this child away. So she doesn't care. Right. And so 
as I continued to talk to this woman, I thought, my God, you know, it was like a giant light bulb went off, you know, in my head. And I thought, this is something I have to look into. Many of these young women never held their children. Some did for several days before they were told to say goodbye to their baby. This cruel practice broke the women's hearts, but even worse, they were told to forget. Forgetting was not an option, but they were told they must forget what happened to them. I don't know how you say goodbye in an hour, but um, the thing to do was quickly get to know my baby as fast as I could. You know, I enwrapped her and I, I looked at her hands and her feet and, you know, I wanted to see her body and, you know, dress her and undress her and dress her and, and wrap her back up and put her on my shoulder and rock her and, and sing to her. And, and I remember telling her all about her dad, what a nice guy he, he is and, and that he doesn't know where we are. And if he did, he would come for us. And, um, that we had gone steady in school and, you know, I was so, so sorry that I, that this is happening to her. And if there was any way I could prevent it, I would, but I had nowhere to go. I had no money. How can you have money when you're locked up? These women were silenced. And as many of these mothers pass away, their stories are being lost. Some are exposed by DNA and genealogy testing without the context of the secret history of adoption available to many families. The work of women like Anne and Karen have sought to capture and immortalize this truth so their stories are kept safe, so we don't forget. This topic is incredibly important to me as my mother is one of those women. She is a girl who went away and suffered traumatic pain that she kept quiet until she didn't. She chose not to be silenced. She promised herself when her child was 18, she would find him, and she did. Yet, in life, her trauma became my own, and that is a fact that I'm still wrestling with today. What do I do with all of this? This weight, this burden of pain, the secrets that eventually revealed themselves? This is where my creativity was born. This is why I founded this podcast why I wanted to talk to other people about their experience in life and what drove them to take action. You know, I believe that there is a responsibility one has to one's children. I have three children who are not so, so small anymore, but two daughters and a son. And when I think about uh, the world they're inheriting, you know, I get worried and I figure we all have to do what we can to, to leave them, you know, a world that respects who they are as human beings, their freedom. And this is my effort to step up the work. Here's what I found. We are not alone. There is pain out there, mother pain, family pain, and it hurts. But there is something else. There is healing. There is rising above. There is using hurt for good. There is action, like Elizabeth speaks to. What are we going to do about it? The it may vary, but the source of inspiration is the magic. I always say, if you have the ache, you have what it takes. So trust that, you know, people try to come to my writing retreats and send me like lots of samples ahead of time to prove to me that they're worthy, that they can do it, that I I'll be able to help them get an agent down the road and a deal. And I just say, stop, like, 
if you have the ache, I'm not worried about it. If your writing isn't strong enough and you don't want to take the time to get it there with all the different ideas I have about how to help you, we'll find you a ghostwriter. We'll find you an editor. Don't stress. Like what I need to see in somebody is the ache and the desire and the story. There are magical maternal figures who carry us along the way. This can be anyone. Granny, auntie, sister, stepmom. You get the idea. Often in our hurried, frantic world, we forget we are a tribe. And being part of a tribe means we are meant to share our stories. This is how we have community. This is how we have understanding. This is how we realize our stories aren't that dissimilar, however varied, on the outside looking in. Let's consider those people who assume the role of mother without blood and DNA whose hearts and minds and intention are big and open and idealistic enough to believe their love will make a difference in a good way. Those who aren't seeking a hero title, but that want to love a child who simply needs love. As a stepmom for 13 years, the role of maternal figure in any child's life who is not from your flesh and blood is a complicated relationship. Your hope and stick with itness can often be met with conflicting forces, some natural and some manufactured. It's a role that is as complex and the rewards are revealed over time. My mother and her siblings were raised by strangers who felt it was their calling to help children in need. She rarely spoke of her trauma. It leaked out at times, but then it was put neatly away like a clean sheet folded to perfection. Those things, the things that broke her, they were covered in shame. Her shame swallowed her voice. Yet her story, her cinematic life, was in front of me every day of mine. And the cost for being ad adopted is, is compulsory gratitude. I mean, you're supposed to be very, very grateful. And that's another part of it. There's no room for questioning. There's no room for being unhappy about it. So it's a primary lifelong trauma that no one puts in those terms or very few people. And the reason for that, I think, well, there's many, but one reason is because it's a hard reality to face. You know, I knew I was really lost and alone as a child, but I, I certainly couldn't articulate it. And it took me many years to get to that realization and uh, a lot of years of therapy, many years of trouble to get there. And I know many adoptees who don't want to go there. And, you know, I don't blame them. It's not an easy path to go down. But I felt really compelled to find my birth parents. I just needed to know who I was. For the women who lost their mothering, who had something stolen from them, whether it be at birth or later on, this is an unspeakable trauma for mother and child. There are no words for it, only deep feeling, searching, and wanting to know where their children are. The children, they want to know where they come from. Who was the person that nature meant to raise me, but life had other plans? I love that you characterize it as complex, because I think that that, also owning that, was also part of the healing, I think for me and my mom, owning that, having those tough conversations. I remember sitting down with my mom being like, Liz, I understand that you're trying to protect this space. You're trying to also protect me, I think, as well, right? Correct. Yeah. But you have to also trust that you've done 
nobody can replace my mom. Like nobody can replace her. Just like nobody can replace my birth mother, right? Mm -hmm. And that's what makes things complicated, right? And this, this inherent desire to not just know where you come from, but also it's a, so much a part of your identity. This is a complex day, Mother's Day. Sure, it's tulips and brunches and nice Hallmark cards, but I also think it is something different as well. It's homage to the mothers in our lives, and with the passage of time, the ability we find to mother ourselves. And in mothering ourselves, often, we are absorbing the tribe of people who raised us. Each day, I wake up and say, I will do better by him today. My son, that is. But I know that deep down, it means I have to do better for myself. To the moms mommying and doing their best in trying to make this generation stronger than the last, this is the work of warriors. Remember that. To the birth moms who made a gut-wrenching decision that changed their heart forever, we see you. We honor you. To the foster and adoptive moms who open their heart, mind, and home for children, this is not an easy way in, but the love is there. It is real. To the children who were adopted, you are loved by so many, even when identity can feel elusive. To the stepmoms who helped raise other people's children, this means your heart is expansive. You might not get a Mother's Day card, but you did the work because you could, and that in itself speaks volumes to your character. To the animal moms who know that loving an animal is just as rewarding as loving a human. To all the varying types of mothers out there, male, female, all types. To mother means to love, to give, to embrace. Thank you. And to Mother Earth, the mother of us all. May we as people find a way to live for and with you versus thinking you are ours to take from. And ultimately, I wish for all of us to nurture ourselves. To mother ourselves means to give place and space for our voices. And when we have our voice, we are so much more likely to offer a path for our children to find theirs. We all have a story to tell, all of us, and they all matter. Audio clips in this episode include Peter Mutabazi, episode 11, Karen Wilson Butterball, episode 20, Elizabeth Hines, episode 21, Ann Fessler, episode 22, Jan Beatty, episode 23, Linda Severtson, episode 24, and Keisha, episode 25. Please visit my website, buyjennifergriffith.com, to listen to them now. Happy Mother's Day whatever it means for you. Until next time, stay curious and be well.